tomorrows. It must be Thursday because the lads are back, bringing it to you for another week. We got Gentleman Joey here with the dulcet tones, and to his side, digitally, we got Jalopy Dan. Digital Dan. Digital Dan. Man, I love it. This, we are in a, uh, episode 12. We did 12 of these. If we did, uh, if you listen to a one episode per month, hey, what a year. Been, it's been a year for, it's for been a one year. year. Yeah, oh, totally. I mean, the, the last couple of months have felt like a year, so I guess this fucking right. week felt like a year. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a week. It has been a week. You can't deny that. We have the receipts. Yes, Welcome we have the, the calendar. Show. We have a calendar. Welcome to, to the prove ca- it. Welcome to the calendar show. Yep. What's the best calendar you ever had? I actually found a calendar that I had. I kept it because like I used to collect Weezer stuff because they were like my favorite band growing up. And uh, I have a Weezer calendar and I actually found oh. it a few months ago while I was, while I was cleaning. And what year is it from? It's like Green Almaris. It's like 2001, I want to nice. say. Yeah, you yeah. should keep an eye out. That'll, that'll, you can use it again at some point. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be cyclical. Eventually the days are going to line up and then, then I can put it back up. I always say uh, calendars are cyclical. Yeah, I mean, that's just true. <laughs> I mean, time is just a loop anyway. Oh, yeah. Sure. But yeah, no, that's probably my favorite. How about you? I got a, a couple years back a Murder, She Wrote calendar that I enjoyed quite a bit. That's cool. Very, very specific. Very specific. And then uh, one of the things I kickstarted, uh, the viewers can't see this, but literally where this finger is right there, mm-hmm. that, that's a calendar. I uh, kickstarted it and got it this year. And it was great. The, the Max, do you remember the Max? MTV's Oddities. Oh, I yeah, yeah, it was I a comic, that. but they did make yeah. a cartoon of it uh, in yeah. the 90s. It was a uh, book ended with the head. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. The, uh, the Max was better, but, you know, the head was whatever. I haven't seen the head in a minute, uh, so I can't speak to its quality. But, yeah, love the Max. Uh, kind of changed my life. Well, oddly enough, I, uh, I was actually just listening to the head soundtrack by the monkeys of the movie okay. head right, right before we started. So I guess this is the second head, head reference on the podcast. And we're so early in too, which is like weird. It's just like a weird connection. Like I was literally just listening to it. I don't remember what episode we last talked about. Oh, no, no, no. It was the uh, lady from Shanghai. What? The last episode that we talked about? Oh, no, about no, no. It was gun crazy. Gun crazy. No, the movie head. You had brought up head previously. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you have a better memory than I do. So, yeah, probably. Well, I edit these things, so I have to deal <laughs> with them That's true. <laughs> You're, so you could say your head's more in it. You get to just record it, throw this grenade, and just pretend it never happened. What a dream. Exactly. Well, and, and the commentary. I mean, the commentary is, you know, is what I bring to the table. You know? No, yeah, no, totally. I'm not saying you're not bringing anything. I'm just saying you <laughs> never have to deal with this stuff. The horror that is uh, listening to this podcast. Thank, and by the way, hey, what's up, listeners? Thanks for uh, coming thanks for to listening. the show. Yeah, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for enduring another episode. Yeah. Yo, la- fun fact, listeners. Lady from Shanghai, our least popular episode. Oh, interesting. Yeah, we, we had a huge drop off. <laughs> everyone comes back I after. That, I wonder what that was. I don't know. I, uh, you know, I'd like to, I, I think Touch Evil will be coming uh, probably more sooner than later because I think uh, Orson Welles kind of, I think we should give him another chance. Yeah, I think that's a better Orson Welles, to be honest. It's a better noir too. But yeah. I like Lady from Shanghai. Uh, specifically, the ending is worth the price of admission. Yeah, that, that was definitely my favorite part for sure. You know, most of these movies uh, have something that I like that are at least is worth the, the price of admission like actors plots you know like even like uh here we go again we're ringing the the postman but like you know i love the echo scene like i love when they're killing killing old boy that was great so like you know i think that part is worth you know you could youtube a lot of these uh the stinkers although those are really the only the two worst movies we've done so far and 
Yeah, I feel like usually and there's really something admirable. I would even really say Lady admirable. from Shanghai is, is bad, but I can understand how it's a challenging watch. But again, there is there's essential scenes in, in both those movies, so we're telling part you of the larger canon, you know, yeah. of, of film noir. Look, if you uh, just tweet at us or hit us up, we'll let you know specifically what part, like you know, what uh, hour and second in the movie to to cut to to just watch that five minutes of greatness, and then you can go ahead and put on the next episode of. Uh, fucking dexter or something <laughs> or like what was that thing like Tubi or whatever not to or like whatever what's the thing where it's like, Qu- it like quibby quibby yeah where it condenses Quick bites. it yeah. yes where, where yeah it condenses it Tubi to... is supposed to be all right i uh it yeah, always Tubi, po- yeah. it pops up on my radar but i haven't looked into it but it seems like it's kind of a classy streaming service yeah i've heard it's pretty good yeah shout out to Tubi if they want to give us uh you know and you want to sponsor the show and, and let us try it we'll we'll give it a review what film noir do you have on Tubi you know let us know let us know let us are know there, we do fil- a lot of work yeah. for you maybe it's time you hooked us up yeah a little, little bit of uh paying back you know we pay it forward to eventually get it back yeah quit paying your cell phone bill pay us <laughs> that's what we're saying welcome to the show <laughs> welcome back everyone do you watch anything this week of note or feel anything? Read anything? Do you read, Dan? I do. I, I read history books, though. I'm so boring. You like, still into history? I know you, you uh, had revealed to us that you'd gone to schooling for history. Do you still I, have love love for history? I have great love. And uh, and most of what I read is either history books or, like, music books. Like, like I read the um, – it was, like, the, the biography book by the bassist of uh, Spaceman 3. Like, stuff like that. Like, I, I like kind of, like, behind-the-scenes biography type stuff of music. And, uh, and history books. I think I mentioned it before, but East, East German like GDR history is like one of my main uh, passions. So most of what I, my reading is about that. I just Why don't you give us the listeners a little nugget of what, what you find fascinating about that? Maybe uh, they'll go down a Wikipedia hole. Uh, what? Just a That's, brief little tough. slice. It's tough. I think the GDR just, it seems in general so interesting to me because it was such a... Um, what is it, GDR? The GDR is the gem- Democrat. It's it's basically the German de- Democratic Republic, um, okay. which is when you know after World War II, when Germany was divided into East and West. The Eastern side was the Soviet Union were basically in charge of that, for lack of a better term, and uh, and then the West was taking care of like U.S., uh, France, and and U.K. and stuff like that. And the East German side was was built upon you know socialist or communist society that's basically what it was and it was you know essentially a satellite of soviet union uh as a part of the eastern bloc and what i find interesting is this that you know it's the kind of coping with german history especially post-war and the memory of the war versus moving forward and also coping with this new idea of, of having communist you know regime in the country and the country only existed for 40 years so you know kind of you kind of reinventing yourself but also having like this german history with as well like basically like inventing a new state out of both the past and what they were trying to move forward with it's just very interesting a lot a lot of interesting uh i could go down so many different different rabbit holes with that but i think what i'm most interested in is um well film for one i mean east german film i'm interested in obviously but solidarity and with other countries they did a lot of uh solidarity trips and, and solidarity movements with other socialist countries like in africa and chile in uh uh, North Vietnam, like I, I just very interested in what they did to assist those other these other countries in solidarity for socialism. I just thought it was very interesting um, how they would actually have they would do with like Mozambique and Angola. They would have different exchanges of people back and forth between the country between Mozambicans uh, going to Germany and vice versa. Just working on infrastructure down in Africa, 
and just in solidarity. And I just, I know, I know I'm going on a tangent, but I think- I asked also, for it. No, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to bore our listeners, but but yeah, I just find it fascinating. I mean, there's a lot of different facets. Actually, I just got a book recently. Um, I haven't started it yet, but it's about uh, Interflug, which is the, uh, they actually built up their own uh, airline. And what was interesting is that, you know, they could only fly to certain countries because the West wouldn't really recognize East Germany for a long time and uh, wouldn't allow flights in. And, and how interesting it was because it, East Germany was such a closed off country that, mm-hmm. you know, behind the so-called Iron Curtain that, you know, they have obviously the Berlin Wall, but they weren't really allowed to go to the West. So when they did fly to other countries, even, you know, flying to like Italy and other places, just the weird, you know, maybe perks that the people flying would get, like as far as like, would dignitaries be able to go? Because it was very expensive to go on flights. Sure. Uh, and so if like that, you, and typically it'd be, you know, dignitaries would be going too. like, what would they be privy to that maybe like the average person wouldn't be? And I haven't really got into it, but I actually heard about it on a podcast. Shout out to the Radio GDR podcast. You've been a, cheating on us with other podcasts? Then? I have. I have. Wow. I, wow. I, it, it's, it's funny. I, I'm going to admit, I'm going to admit this on air that I, I, before starting this, I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts, which is interesting yeah. being, you know, a, a co-host of a podcast. I only listen to a handful, but that's one of the handful that I do listen to. So yeah, just a lot of fascinating things about about that. And I've just always been fascinated with the GDR. I saw a movie when I was in college called The Lives of Others. It came out in 2006, but it's about East Germany. And that really like piqued my interest in, in East Germany. It was about the Stasi, about the, the secret police, um, and about the reach of people spying on other people to basically to, not to get ahead, but just to, to kind of live their lives and stuff like that. And, and just, it's, it's a very interesting film and yeah that really kind of started with me and that was that was like i said 2006 and then i I saw it when i was in college and then from there it was it was on i mean i always had an interest in soviet union history too so it kind of ties in with that with the whole eastern Bloc and and so forth so it just kind of all kind of ties together for me nice i'm uh german and i have no idea of our history so really other than you know the bad stuff yeah i i think like i said i think that's what i find really like at, at the basic level is just the idea of like you know having to Re, they're basically starting a, a new in 1949 with this new country sure. as East Germany and even West Germany as well. But also, no, just Germany, like a, a a 20th century country, like new country is is crazy enough. Um, right. And then also just one that had such a limited life. Right. You know, it tells a complete story. Right. And between the Berlin Wall and then obviously when it when it when it came down in in uh, 89 and and you know just what it represented. <coughs> and, and so wait, 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 Mr. Gorbachev, <laughs> tear down this wall. <laughs> My Reagan is, I can only really do the, well, <laughs> that's it. I mean, it's pretty good. I like that. I, I, well, I, I love doing the, well. Well, speaking of that, did you, did you ever watch when you were a kid? I, cause I used to run it on VHS all the time. The, um, not, uh, the, uh, the cartoon all stars thing about like the anti-drug. Oh cartoon. yeah. Did you ever watch well, that? Cause that's very Reagan-y. In elementary school, when it would rain, mm-hmm. you couldn't go have recess. So you'd have to stay inside, but you had to do something with these kids. So they would actually show us that in school, during, in school, like during like rained recesses. It was like, all right, guys, just watch this in the meantime. Wow. And, and also it was on TV a lot. But yeah, it was insane, especially just being such a huge Ninja Turtles fan at the time. You're like, cool. But it had um, everything. You know, everybody. Everybody. It, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was the Who Frame Roger Rabbit of uh, drug PSAs for sure. <laughs> It's it's a wild ride, but holy shit! I haven't watched it in a long time, but I always remember the the like the evil like smoke ghost yeah. looking guy that was like trying to get them to do drugs and stuff like that. And he was very effective. Uh, shout out to drugs. <laughs> shout out to drugs. I don't, I don't know what made me think of of that, but I don't know how he got on this topic. But well, Reagan. Oh, Reagan. That's what it was. Yeah, Nancy was pretty involved with that. 
Yeah, I think that was part of the don't say no, or the say no. <laughs> yeah. The- <laughs> in, your, in your case, it was don't say no. But- don't say no. Well, I said no to most drugs, Dan. It's just uh, old Mary. Yeah, the, la- the last dance. Yeah, exactly. You know, Tom Petty said, let's roll another joint. Uh, he didn't. Yeah. And if Tom Petty says it, you know. Well, Tom Petty also did heroin, we found out later on. That's true, too. um, Just listen to his lyrics. Don't listen to his life. One drug, that's it. You can do heroin, but that's it. No. Just just one drug. (laughs) That's a a slippery slope. You just, whatever seems right to you at the time, you're like, I love needles or I love snorting. You know, you got to figure out yourself and then take it from there. But I'm not that brave. I like tiny drugs. I think we've gotten down a dark path that I, I don't know if I want to keep going down. Didn't they like legalize like LSD somewhere? Maybe it's like Canada or something like recently. I, that I don't know. Like, or like, I mean, it's crazy right now how accessible so much stuff is. I mean, can you consider marijuana a drug anymore when it's like federally deregulated? Yeah, at it's an interesting thing. Cause it, yeah. Cause it, it's, it, cause right now it's varying from state to state. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I, it's, it's tough. I guess it depends on what state you're in. I guess it's up to us to really kind of shill for big heroin and uh, really make sure it gets out to the streets. I will Into not. the clinics. <laughs> Dan, I wish you were more on board for my heroin jokes. Uh, but they I just guess we're not, we're not going to chase that dragon. Yeah, I know. Of course, if you stop and actually think about like life and the, the, drug the perils and yeah, and all the horrible, I mean, horrible, 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 all the heroin, horrible things that have happened. I mean, yeah, we've, I mean, Jesus Christ, I think it's impossible to not be a a person these days and not have a a personal story of being affected by someone who went downhill from that stuff. So shout out to the, to the people that, you know, kept it clean. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, uh, I watched the the finale uh, had just dropped, but you know, when this comes out, you guys can binge all six episodes on HBO max painting with John, John Lurie's new show. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's wonderful. His his first show since Fishing with John from Fishing the John, which I've always wanted to see. Very. Um, oh, it's great. I I was introduced to that in my early twenties um, by someone who was a big Tom Waits fan, and and uh, mm. obviously you'll get. He was on an episode of Fishing with John, and also um, Down by Law. They were in it together. Right. And Jarmish, you know, he does an episode. He's in the first episode. All the all the Fishing with Johns are actually streamable on the Criterion Channel app. So if you're looking to stream that too, or they still have the DVD available. Very, very great show. Um, Very insane. But this is kind of the same, but sort of different. Just very beautiful stuff. Really, really enjoyed it. Actually just finished it before recording this. Not immediately, but this morning. So it's still on my mind. It's on HBO Max, you said? HBO Max, of all things. Yeah. They're they're really kind of coming through with some cool streaming stuff over there. I don't know. They're just casting a more interesting net to me than a lot of these other services do. I mean, I think Netflix, for whatever reason, they get so much credit, but I think they're just like the worst streamer out of everybody. I think they uh, kind of led us to such a downfall. I mean, I think releasing everything, binging, like, you know, yeah. series all at once was a horrible choice. I think there really is something special to that week to week. It keeps something in the, it gives longevity to art as opposed to making it just so, uh, digestible you know like i mean that's really the problem with streaming in general but you know i'm an old man i'm 36 (laughs) let me uh stop yelling at this cloud um anyways it was a great show i have been reading i read a book i've been reading a book this week oh yeah still i'm on it yeah i put down a comic and picked up a book about comics (laughs) oh there you go you're getting very Um, meta someone finally did what needed to be done for so long this thing has been just 
sitting, waiting to be picked up. Someone finally wrote a book about what a scumbag Stanley is. So I'm, I'm very pleased. Oh. And, uh, had to get in on it. Um, there was right away the 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 book was dedicated to the late Tom Spurgeon, who was a great comics journalist and actually was a peer of mine. Uh, he was we were on each other's radar, which was very flattering for me. And it was a very devastating when he passed away, but it was a nice dedication to him. And instantly when I saw him, I'm like, all right, this is a book I can trust. So shout out to to the book. It's it's called um, True Believers, and it, boy, it just really gets into this guy's lies. It's great. There's another great book called Stuff Said that's mm-hmm. just literally all quotes from Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, and it really just will paint the picture of who did what. And spoiler, Stan Lee didn't do jack shit. He took credit, stole credit, and you know, kind of if he just sort of promoted himself as like an editor and just kind of a good curator of talent, I think he would have been uh, history would be a little kinder to him. Um, mm-hmm. But that is not the case, and. I hope he is damned. <laughs> Did the first book, the, the first sentence of the book say Stanley was a scumbag? <laughs> I mean, you know, like every page is basically, I, I, that's what I see when I look at it. But I mean, it's just like, I, I'm not too deep into it, but like literally he's just like lying about like, you know, winning a, a writing contest as a kid. And like, he got like 27th place as like an honorable mention, like, you know, like little things already. It begins and I don't know. I, I think I've made it pretty clear as these episodes go on. Like, I love people getting credit. There's no reason to, to steal credit, you know. I think everybody wants to, to say they had it, they did it, but you know, there's nothing wrong with being behind the scenes and kind of helping people. Um, yeah, you know, if the person who you know created the thing doesn't want to go ahead and give you a thank you or a acknowledgement, that's on them. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, ego, ego, and money are, are are two factors. I think that really can affect somebody in that in that yeah. capacity. You know, totally. Um, so a little yeah. greedy. Oh, hey man. That's a good segue for this movie, say, is it not? It is. It is a perfect segue. See how we did that, folks? Yeah. This, this is what professionals This is episode 12 shit right here where we yeah. just get right into it. Too Late for Tears. Uh, I love the title. Probably the only nice thing I have to say about this movie. Really? Yeah. Not into it. This one was a slog for you, boy. I'm wow. sorry. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm going to say I'm kind of shocked because I, I this is this is one of my personal favorites. I, I know, love this movie. I was like, I wonder if um if the masses are going to agree with me. And it seems like this is a well-regarded movie. So, you know, maybe don't listen to me, but yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I can tell by your voice. I, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little I, bit concerned. I, I didn't want to spoil this before, but I rate this below Postman. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So buckle wow. up, guys. I mean, I'd be curious to hear where the listenership falls on us. Um, and, and this is on Amazon Prime. It's a rough print what's on there. The print um, is rough on there. But this was a public domain film. So you know, in that sense, it's good that they have it there. Yes, uh, Dan is holding up his beautiful Blu-ray copy from UCLA, I believe. Yeah, so it was a combination of UCLA Film and Television archive. and Film Noir Foundation. So actually, Eddie Muller had a, had a lot uh, hand in it. And actually, it's interesting that I'll Shout out it. to Eddie Muller, a uh, close personal friend of the podcast. Yeah, you know. We were just texting with him before, and he's, he was shy. He's like, guys, don't bring up our friendship. But, yeah. you know, uh, we've been at a couple cookouts at this point. Um, Wish us well on this episode. Yes, um, he did. He, he gave us a pull quote. But, you know, it was a little risque, so we're going to hold on to it. But, yeah, just, just shout out to Eddie. Yeah, we're on a first-name basis. He's, gonna, he's actually going to shout us uh, on Nora Alley on a future episode. So look out for that. <laughs> It may be years from now when we actually finally meet the f- motherfucker. But uh, yeah, no, Eddie does great work, and the yeah, print is fantastic. I mean, the blue print the, is fantastic. The, the, um, the, the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray print I have is is amazing. 
Yeah, I was able to to secure a copy of the that after the fact, unfortunately, but um, ah. but it, it, they did a good job from what I saw. I'll be able to take some nice stills for this one. Well, real quick, I'll say that there's a, a good extra. Real feature. quick, you're on the clock, Dan. I know. There's, a, there's an extra feature on the Blu-ray where they talk oh. about the restoration, and it's Wonderful. fascinating. Basically, what happened was they were trying to track down a print to to restore because it was in the public domain for so long, and they found a print that Eddie Muller got a call from like an anonymous source was saying like, Hey, I know a guy that has a 35 millimeter print of this, but it's part of our deal that I, that that he has it, that I don't divulge his name, but I can give you some clues to how to find him. So they end end up finding him at a, at like a theater. Wait, so the guy was like, don't tell him who it is, but we can have a little mystery project and that'll be okay. Like if exactly. he's a good enough detective to find me, he's earned the movie. Exactly. No, well, no, interesting. Knowing them as film noir, they're, they're probably pretty good amateur gumshoes. So they ended up finding him yes. and they found him in Baltimore and he had it in a storage space, but the guy passed away and they, and they couldn't get access to it. They didn't know where it was and no one knew where, where to find it. So what uh-huh. they ended up finding was they found, I think it was a negative 35 millimeter in France, a French yes. print. And then they found a 16 millimeter print that was in rough shape. And what they did was they, they basically tried to put it together. But the best titles they had in, in, in English were on the 16, because it was only on the 16 millimeter one. They were right. really rough, rough. So what they did was they actually had to recreate the, the, the beginning title card and then the, the postscript card uh, oh. The ending, and they digitally basically rebuilt them to look exactly like the ones on the original English nice. know, language print. Yeah, I feel like that's you can't tell different. It looks fantastic. And if anything, you would have to like recreate with restoration. I feel like that would probably be not necessarily the easiest. I'm sure it's still a pain in the yeah. ass, but like the most doable. Right. Um, exactly. But they cool. look great. I mean, they look fantastic. I mean, and like I said, the, the whole print in general, all things considered, looks really good. Very nice. It's cool when they did that. That's, you know, like what they did with Detroit. I believe that was also a French print they found. Yes. That helped yes. with the restoration. Yeah, they just where they like, they layer these things. I, I, you know, maybe we can get one of these guys on the podcast, do a little interview or something. I, it's a fascinating process. I'd love to. I think that'd be really cool. I'm, I'm always fascinated by that. Any, anytime I get, like, you get, like, one of those kind of behind the scenes of restorations, I'm always just, like, sitting there intently, like, watching that extra bonus feature. Like, wait, how do they do this? How do they yeah. get this? It's always fascinating to me. Absolutely. Um, and it's cool that that's becoming more of a thing ucla does a really good job with it i mean they've been doing especially with film noir but like it's good that they're keeping that alive and they're really making it a point to kind of revive a lot of these so-called lost films and really getting them out there because they have a bunch of other film noirs i hope we get to at some point that they've been releasing over the years that are really good i would love to to see a good movie from them yeah (laughs) oh man this was not it but they did a great job despite the the content so shout out to ucla shout out to college been there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> shot the college i went there once uh, i looked at the college once that was fun i mean visually i don't want to say i went to a campus i mean i just drove by one. Oh, that's cool look nice yeah Kept, uh, the groundskeeper did a good job on the grass you know that's good that's that's the name of the game when it comes to colleges how green is your grass yes i hope you went to a, a very green grass school dan yeah i had some and yeah. I, I wouldn't say that was his best attribute <laughs> not 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 really but um, they reissued this film in 1955 under the title Killer Bait. I think that's a bad title. I don't know what they were thinking with that one. That was, that's a product of its time. I mean, that was the era of like... I mean, I guess like, hey, let's try to reissue, like repackage this movie and yeah. try to sucker some people into seeing it. Um, but like, because I don't know, maybe you're like too late for tears. Maybe it's a romance or something. But 
Well, that was the, like I said, the, that, that time frame in mean, 1955, I mean, you think about like now that TV is coming in, they're really trying to have more lurid titles or more things that kind of like attract people coming in. So they, they try to like pull them in with these like eye-catching titles or like when you see a killer bait, you're like, oh, what's that? Like, oh, what could that, that could be? That sounds kind of crazy that I could be seeing. I mean, it's crazy, but not, this movie's crazy, but not in that kind of way. Not it's very crazy. Um, yes, it's that shit i would say yeah it's uh, it's a, like i said it's a ride but regardless of how you feel about it like it, it just it goes and a lot of things happen yeah they do speaking of television uh, one thing that was shocking to me uh the screenplay was written by roy huggins and it was based off his saturday evening post serial it kind of sounded like a, a actual se- like a breakfast cereal yeah i just said that uh <laughs> that's right because a post cereal right that's a thing yeah Saturday, I had Saturday evenings. I have my post cereal. I have a, um, a good bowl of Saturday evening post. Yeah, they sh- they really dropped the ball on uh, the cross promotion. I think about that, and, and then the song Interpol with MySpace. Do you ever think about that? Like they have a song like "You Should Be in MySpace," and like they could have had a commercial where it could you could be on MySpace. <laughs> like, see, I, I feel like that that was I forget what song the song that is, but that that was always something I was like, man, they they really missed an opportunity with that. Never got into Interpol. I know that might all of a sudden now make people think like, oh, maybe this movie is good. I understand the appeal of Interpol. It's just when I want that kind of thing, I can find it a little more genuine from the past. Like Chameleons, Joy Division. Yeah. uh, Stuff like that, which I agree. I I love all those bands too. Totally. Um, Um, But but out of like a lot of bands where I'm like, oh, I don't understand the appeal. I do understand the appeal. Um, I'll just say it's not really my cup of tea, but I I get it. I get Interpol a lot more than I get other stuff. And, you know, there's songs are like, they're like a band that can come on. I'm like, whatever, leave it on. Yeah. As opposed to other music. So there's that. I think I also just missed out as it was happening. I was just in a whole different. Yeah, the early 2000s yeah. had that moment where there was a lot of that kind of... There was a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, in the early 2000s, especially like you look, you get into something and you look, when did this come out? Like, oh, that explains the early 2000s, yeah. you know? I was in the clouds. But speaking of television, the band... No, I listen to television, though. Roy Huggins, yeah. So he, he uh, wrote the script and then he come out, he was the creator of Maverick and co-creator of Rockford Files, uh, which I've been watching. So that was kind of shocking after the fact when doing my research. I was like, oh, this thing I've been enjoying came from last night and this morning i had to break up this movie that's how much it was uh a slog wow needlessly long yeah i would say that i was gonna say that earlier i was gonna say that like yeah th- this this runs in a very long and meaty 102 uh <laughs> minutes it, it does feel a little bit long towards the very end i think it had a, a struggle of, of finding the end i think a little yes. bit like i think that was that is one criticism that like I, as much as i love this film I, I will say that, that there's it, a lot of interesting elements in the film. I just yes. I find it, it it doesn't come together. I I could see this being a very interesting script, but and the book did very well. I mean, the book the book yeah. I think was what did was very popular, and that's what kind of put him on the map, put Huggins on the map. From what totally, I and and I, like I'm saying, I mean, I enjoy yeah. this guy's work, so I mean, I know he's capable of it. It's those, it's those darn screenwriters and but, directors. But you know, like, and... this, like this director, when you look at his work, I mean, it's just like Treasure Island. Uh... One thing he, Byron Haskins did do that's really cool is the War of the Worlds, the 53 World of the Worlds, which I don't... Yeah. And, I, and the Criterion just put out an amazing version of that on Blu-ray recently. It looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and those are great films. I think that's more in his wheelhouse than uh, a noir is. Yeah, I mean, well, he, he, he was on loan and so was mo- most of the main... Uh, actors in this oh, film yeah. were all on loan to him. So I feel like from what I, I, I understand from after the fact, like most people that were involved in this did not like this movie. Like the, the oh, director good. didn't like it. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Scott said it's her least favorite film she was in. 
so yeah so i, I get that it's interesting because like like i said i think in retrospect i like this movie a lot but maybe at the time you know maybe people felt the same way you do where they were just kind of like eh. correctly <laughs> Eh, I think it's a matter of opinion. You know. Well, I, I I hope you can kind of sell me. I'm 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 curious to to hear what you got to say. Um, I'm here like, to sell you on it, baby. I'm. I hope so, I'm Dan. Here. You're gonna you're gonna be. This is a Dan centric episode, folks, because he's gonna be the one taking over and, and selling this one. Because I I can only do so much. I think In my notes, I maybe have like two thing good things to say. I didn't like her performance in this. I didn't like the character, and uh, you know, you kind of are going to need to throw me another Elizabeth Scott to to win me back because I've got plenty. So I'm, I, she, I know she's been she's been around. I think Pitfall is probably my favorite of hers. I like this one a lot, I've as I've mentioned, Pitfall. but but Pit Pitfall is awesome, I, and I really like. I think Pitfall's I like her more. Good. Um, I'm going to need that reminder. It's been a minute, but well, I have it on my list. I, I was going to tell you, I have I have I have my my giant noir list of movies to watch. I think it's up to like 35 or 40 movies already. Uh-oh. So all right, be, be prepared. Um, I, we are prepared although i think we're, we're good for another couple episodes at least yeah i think so but in the few, i'm just we like know next week's episode at least we do but I, i'm just i'm like my brain like i'm just constantly brainstorming like oh what, what other movies i want to watch at some so, point you sound like a well-prepared uh podcast host dan good job i'm trying man you know i'm trying to i'm trying to do do some work <laughs> <laughs> fucking success over here i don't do much but i'm trying i yeah, do plenty it seemed like a lot of people were maybe going to be in this movie. Joan Crawford was interested in, in playing the female mm-hmm. lead, but you know, like, they lowballed her, and uh, I, you can kind of see why. Kirk Douglas, yeah, he would have. Yeah, I mean, I, a big complaint I have is definitely the male roles in this. Nobody is memorable whatsoever. A lot of them bleed together, like they look like the same fucking photocopy <laughs> of each other. Uh, could, Kirk that be, Douglas could that be the high great. pants though? Could that could, could that just be the the outfits? Maybe, but they were so bland, man. I couldn't even enjoy those high pants. I don't know. I think I. I think out of all of them, Dan Dan Daria, I think I, I. I'd say was probably the most memorable. Oh, I, a I Dan I, like the Dan, did he? Huh? Y'all stick together, don't you? We do, but I. I feel like he. I think he just plays such like a word, like a like a just a. He's just such an awful car- like awful person, like he. <laughs> and but like you see, like there's times throughout the film where he kind of like relents a little bit. When, yeah. When we'll get into it later, but I just think he was the most memorable of all. But I agree that some of them, the male protagonist or, or uh, antagonist in this film were not that great like especially her husband alan like was very just like blah have you um, seen the original theatrical poster of this movie i have i've it's seen on, it. it's what comes up on wikipedia i mean it's just <laughs> her getting slapped it's horrifying well i mean the, and the slap that he, he he like hits her with is a couple he hits her with a couple yeah well he, the movie that he was in right before it was called manhandled Oh boy. Dan Durea was in a movie that came out in 1940. I think it was either 48 or 49 called Manhandled. Uh, so, so he's known for being a little handsy, though. Yeah, he's a little handsy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have any too. No fun facts for this not fun movie. Yeah, I feel like we said a bunch of them. I mean, I think we kind of touched on a lot of stuff that I that I was going to mention. I mean, I, maybe I'll have a, a little throughout and, and at the, the end there, but for the most part, let's get into this sucker. Let's just go ahead and throw this bag of money right in the backseat of the car right off the bat, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I will say this. Though. I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, I kind of like the, I kind of like the beginning. Like, I kind of like that it, they're just driving along, and then this guy throws money. Uh, like, and that's. I just, I can't. I don't like happenstance. Uh, you know, like, oh, look what happened. You know, like I think they're well, the wrong place, wrong time, or right place, right time, depending on how could, you look at it. Right, but I mean, like, and, and I think there would have been a more effective way to do that. I don't know. They're in the car. Um, we got Jane and Alan Palmer. They're on their way to a party. We're in Hollywood. This movie uh, takes place in Hollywood. As mm-hmm. when they ask for the Hollywood police, that'll remind you. Because otherwise, they, they don't really make a big deal of it being. The I think location. there's a there's a shot of Grauman's Chinese Theater. I think at one point. Oh sure. I yeah. think, but that that's about it. Yeah. 
right off the bat, I mean, Jane just is awful. She's just like talking about how she hates the, the, the people at the party and how she doesn't want to go. And We're awfully quiet tonight, Janie. I've been trying to think of just the right way to ask you to turn around and go back. On this road? Oh, can't do it, sweetie. I mean it, Alan. I'd like you to turn around, please. What's the matter, Jane? I, I tried to tell you before we left home. I, I just don't like being patronized, that's all. I, I don't think I could take another evening of it. Patronized? Oh, sweetheart, Ralph is one of the nicest you guys I... You know I've... it isn't Ralph. This diamond-studded wife. Looking down her nose at me like, like a big ugly house up there looks down on Hollywood. Please, I'm just not going. Slow down, find a place to turn. Oh, Jane, you're crazy. Alice likes you. Please, Alan, I mean it. I'm just not going. She seems like a real drag. Yeah. Meanwhile, seems... you know, Alan's just doing his best. Seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he's just an average dude. <laughs> yeah, just got married to the to the wrong person, as we find out. Uh, she's a bit of a black widow. Yeah. And, you know, so as they're driving, uh, the, the first scene was probably the most well shot. Very cool. Like, that was the most noir like, where you're, like, in the shadows. Um, Cars swerving and, and yeah. lights and stuff like that. And then they're getting chased out by uh, Dandaria. Right. Um, yeah, so this thing happens, like, almost too immediately. But it, it happens where they just, like, they're, they're kind of arguing. And all of a sudden, you know, a bag of money just th- uh, shows up in the backseat of their convertible. And then instantly after that, they're chased by another car. <laughs> And uh, this must be the guy who was supposed to get thrown into. Yep. They end up shaking him, and they don't know what to do with this money, which is $60,000, mm-hmm. which would be around almost 650000 today for inflation. Yeah. It's a lot of money. A lot of money. Nice bag of cash, a classic, almost like a doctor's bag, or just like a you know that yeah. leather carry-on bag, just full of some green you know that green makes it through the black and white don't worry it, it just hit me it made me think of the the scene in uh in big lebowski with with the, with the whole the drop off yeah uh, <laughs> like that that kind of thing totally. maybe, maybe that was I a loved, spoof of that you know i, I wonder um i love drop offs like conceptually yeah. and everything but yeah this, this this one just felt a little clunky to me it was just mm-hmm. so quick and it would have been fine if that tone was kept of like keeping it crazy, almost like you know, like Dark Passage was, where it was just like this thing's moving and you're going along for the ride. No prison barrels. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just found like that kind of shared a similar tone, but was a little more successful at it. Okay. Jane, she instantly. I mean, I guess not necessarily instantly. She's she seems to change, but we've also kind of been shown, like I said, they were arguing, and she was the drag portion of it. She wants to keep the money. She's just like, we deserve it. Let's live crime life now you know no reason to tell the police whereas alan is a little more straight lacy he says we should we should tell the police obviously something's up here people are gonna be looking for it. we already got chased by this car they kind of allude to it throughout the film too that she always has always been wanting more like and right. and, and she felt inferior to the to like the friends they were going to visit so you just get a tiny like nugget of that sense of why she want, doesn't want to go because she's like oh they're, they're very uppity kind of people but instantly when she sees this money she's just like oh this is my ticket you know what i mean like this is the, this is our ticket that we can you know get be rich i and, think you were right that first time where it was my ticket I, you know even yeah more so her, know, yeah even if he was still like on board with it i think she would have uh eventually she would have turned on him no matter what like i i don't yeah. think she was ever redeemable she's pretty ruthless throughout this movie i mean yeah i, mean, it, it, I, I give her that i mean her, her performance kind of ebbs and flows i think a little bit as far as like believability like elizabeth scott though got great eyebrows oh yeah so noticeable i mean yeah she's very distinctive whereas the rest of the everyone else isn't i mean i would say what's alan's sister's name kathy 
Kathy. I mean, she was a little bit, but she has great hair. She has I, great that, hair. Uh, I love her hair. We're, we're getting real superficial here. Uh, Kathy was probably, you know, your best character in this movie, I think. The most redeemable and... Oh, yeah. she She's like, I don't want to say the moral compass, but like kind of in a way, like she's kind of like the person that's a little bit more straight-laced. Get on the just, straight and narrow. Right, yeah. Exactly. And I think it needed that. It needed that kind of compass to keep the, the movie going. Otherwise, it probably would have been a, probably a, a, a much more of a mess. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, I would love more Kathy. Yeah. Her, her I mean, stuff I, was great. I like Kathy. I, I mean, as much as I like Elizabeth Scott, I like Kathy too. I'm Kathy, a did a, Kathy did a great job. Because, you know, like Elizabeth Scott was almost doing everything you expect out, out of her and, and the scene where, whereas Kathy was just, she was subtle, but capable. The right right amount. It was the right amount. Yeah. It was what was needed. Abs- absolutely. So Jane and Alan, they say, you know what, let's, let's hide the cash for a week. And in the meantime, we're going to hide it in a bus station. And Alan's going to hold onto the ticket. He has a, a hole in his mm-hmm. coat and he puts it in there. Uh, someone it falls in the a, lining, yeah. It yeah. puts it in the pocket and falls down the lining. Yep. I got a couple coats going right now for this winter, and I have one that has a hole in it right now. And Is that where you put your stubs for when you leave stuff at the at the I'm waiting to find station? one. So far, it's just, you know, like change. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you involved in a caper, and, and we'll, we'll give you an opportunity. I'll, I'll find a caper for you that you can, you can get oh, a buddy, ticket. My whole life's a caper, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, is that the Union Station baggage claim? Mm-hmm. So there's so many union stations out there, huh? Yeah. What that name really talk about public domain. <laughs> <laughs> that name got out there. <laughs> it sure did. So we cut to the next day. Jane's already spending money that she basically doesn't have. And she's kind of dresses. Yeah, and she hides them, you know, uh under the sink. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> that's just where you hide stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he's a man in the forties. The he's not gonna look in, under the sink. No. He doesn't step foot in the kitchen. Come on, Dan. But this man does, and he finds them, and he says, yo, what's going on here? We were going to chill out on this money. Already, I don't trust you on this. Yeah. Alan, you're, you're home early. But Simmons called me from the bank today. It seems as if your checks have started coming through. He thought I might like to know that our account's down a couple hundred dollars. I was going to tell you tonight. There were things I needed, Alan. $580 worth of necessities? That was yesterday. How much today? How much have you spent all together? $790. About one-tenth of one percent of the money we have. So you're counting the money in the bag. And she spent like, she... what, like $700 or something like that already? Yeah, yeah, $700 dollars yeah. yeah. let alone today you spent $900, $700, and you're like, yo, that's easy still there. a lot of money, you know? It's still a lot of money. I mean, even, you know, it being $60,000, I mean, conceivably, you still would do a lot of these things. I don't know about murder, but... A lot of other stuff, you know. You could see how you'd go down this uh, rabbit hole of crime. Spend all the money on clothes, you know. Yeah. Then they get a, a knock on the door about, uh, from a man who, who says he's a detective. Yes. Detective Fuller. Yes. But he's not a detective, as we find out. Uh, there is some great dialogue, some little nice quips, and there's a, there's a nice quip uh, during what the scene. What do you scene. got? Because I couldn't find any quips in this movie. So and That what, was one of my big complaints. I need quips. I love quips. So there, I I have I have a lot in, in the in the, the old uh, brain here, which I, I remember. I, I need sound clips for the episode. Perfect. So I've seen this is a, a film noir I've seen many times. Okay, um, so I, I remember it. And uh, this has now become a court case. You know, this is this yes. is Dan versus Joey. We're we're litigating this sucker. Exactly. I'm not usually good at making arguments, but I will I will argue this movie because I, I have a passion for this movie. But all right, um, put to the test now. There is a uh, there's a line when they first meet and they're kind of going back and forth and he's still pretending to be a, a cop and he's like walking around and uh, he's like she's like wait are, so you are a cop he's like only on my mother's side honey 
<laughs> yeah, that was I was decent. like, I don't know what that means, but that that I just it made me laugh, honestly. Just how matter of fact he says it. But yeah, he he, he kind of like he's just like a really like scummy kind of dude. You kind of get that sense right away, even though he's got that nice bow tie going and the hat and everything. Should have immediately been suspicious about him. Um, yeah, you know, and and you know, Alan had left at this point, and he even kind of says like, you know, hey, you know. I could tell something's up with you because you wouldn't let me in, you know, like no housewife would let a detective in without asking to see that warrant and everything like that, right. which is true. And true. especially when yeah. you uh, have some, something you're trying to hide, maybe a good idea, but you know, it's uh, the one hand though, the, the money is not there. So right. they do have that, but you also have these new purchases, which are going to be a little hard to explain. He find, yeah, which he does find. So he does find those. So that, that begins to like lead him down. Yeah. The path and then, like, he oh, start, then you get the poster. He starts slapping her around a little bit. Um, mm. Add this to our letterbox of women getting <laughs> unnecessarily hurt. What are we up to? Two, three, four, all of them? A bunch. Yeah. yeah but she, she, it's the she, one problem with this she genre. She a lot. Yeah. yeah. But you know, when you're, uh, we're not condoning it and nor is what yeah. I'm about to say condoning it. But when you're in the muck doing these crime films, you know, you're going to, you're going to see some nasty stuff. Um, yes. I don't think, yeah, we're not condoning the behavior of any no. of these films. <laughs> no. So don't ever think that. Yeah, so he gives her a, a what for, and she then says that uh, the money has been turned over to the police, but that's not true, as we know. But she makes up a story enough for him to eventually give her like a, a, a little bit of time. He's like, I'll, I'll check the paper and see if it was reported. Exactly. Then Alan comes back, the, the purchases come up, and then he also brings up her last husband, a man named Blanchard, yes. which is important to remember down the line. We'll get mm-hmm. into that. But yes, go ahead and stick that Blanchard in your old noggin. Yep. Or pocket, if you will. Your head pocket, right? That's what we call brains. Head pocket. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a thing. Yeah. What do you think? I just came up with this? I'm yeah. not that smart. So Blanchard had, quote unquote, killed himself. That's, that's mm-hmm. what has been thought. While you know he was away at, in the war or something, he was, it, well, or he was like serving somewhere because that comes up a lot where they're like asking like, oh, I served with this guy, or is that that was the the current husband? That's Alan, right? So I think you I think you have a little bit of a couple different things. So there's there's the what comes into play later with Don Blake coming in is, and I don't want to give too much away, but basically there's that aspect of the war, but also Blanchard actually Don Blake was in the war was away in the war but he claims to be a friend of Allen's from the war but he was in a, in the war but separately he, has, he didn't actually know him because everyone was in the war back then yeah I mean a lot of people yeah right a good good chunk yeah. man I mean when you look to, to history and stuff yeah Mr. History you know a lot of yeah. times I mean especially like with you know Hollywood or just any kind of art being created around this time it, it, sure a lot of people ended up in the war you know yeah. even a- actors you know and that's why you see it a lot in film noir it became like a trope of like the you know coming home from war and what are they coming to and like that's like a catalyst for a lot of plots too which we haven't really got into uh as much but there are lots of film noirs that do that yeah we'll have to look for that yeah there's a couple i, I know offhand um right. yeah we should definitely uh, check them out at some point all right Put a little, a little asterisk next to those ones on your yep. list. You know, Alan, he's, he kind of wants to go ahead and turn this money into the police already, but reluctantly he agrees to, to still hang on to it for the week before mm-hmm. turning it over to the district attorney. And then they say, hey, you know, why don't we, let's get romantic again. Remember the first date on the old, the boats? We went to dinner and went the, on the, the boats. Paddle boats, right? Something like that. They're, it was they're, tough. Mo- they're motorized. They're, okay, they are so like motorized. a little yeah. tiny two-person yes. motorized boat. Well, they get the four-person one because they they pay the little extra because because the, the lady wants the, the the larger one. She wants the larger one. Yes. For reasons that we'll find out in a little bit. Alan, let's get one of the big ones like we used to. Them's for four people, lady. 
care. Lady wants one of the big ones. Oh, like I said, here comes one now. Danny comes back the next day and he's like, hey, what's going on with this money? And Jane says, Alan has it. He's going to turn it over. So that already, that was a buzzkill for me. I'm done with this guy. Yeah. I want to, I want to keep this money. I, I like, I love buying stuff. So her and Danny decide to split the money and he says, all right, let's, uh, let's commit ourselves a little murder. Yep. I'm going to take an old boy out on the boats and, and you go hang out by the palm tree at the West end of the West Lake park. Mm-hmm. So now we're on the boat, and yes, the, the, the bigger boat is purchased, and Jane has brought her gun with him, or his gun. And an anvil with, with chain link that she all put in her purse. That, yes. that, 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 that was the scene I remember the first time I watched it. I was just like, what? Um, he's like, oh, yeah, this is a little heavy. I'm like, how did she like walk around with that for like extended periods of time? I know. That, that was always crazy to me. It was a magician's bag, you know? Yeah, yeah. What a, what a plot. Yeah, what a plot, huh? That's something I was saying. What a plot for uh, murder, what a plot in general. They get into an argument about the money again, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. And Alan starts to look for some, hey, we're a couple in a fight. I'm going to take a cigarette. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I got to take a puff to take the stress off of, oh my God, what is happening here with my wife and this money thing now? Yeah. And yeah, the, the gun is discovered. There's a struggle and Alan, he doesn't make it. Nope. Shot in the stomach. Shot in the stomach. It was an accident, though. Yes. So she takes the body back to meet Danny, and they, they figure out how to get rid of it. And he disguises himself as Danny as a result, gets the coat. Well, that's what's interesting is they don't really show the how she – I mean, it's relatively graphic. I think they, they did that purposely from what I read. But, you know, the, the tying the anvil to him and, and leaving him in the lake – and then him getting in the boat and, and pretending to be Alan, you know, that, that whole sequence. But we're led to believe by the time they get back to the, to the shore or whatever, the dock, that he disguises himself in the hat and coat of Alan. Yeah, it's too bad. This movie's so short. They could have used that extra scene for sure. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and they make a point to, to be seen by the, the, the guy who's renting the boats. But she pays and he kind of walks off enough where it's like, oh, there he is. It looks like him. And he has to go to the bathroom or something. yeah. And Danny, he doesn't want to be involved with murder. He really was just kind of interested in the money aspect money, of yeah. crime. We find out that he got this money through blackmail. Yes, through um, an insurance scam. Because they were something to do with the bridges. Yeah, it was like infrastructure and stuff like that. It, it, that that whole and thing is like, it's like not important really. I think, I think they kind of throw it in towards the very end. Yo, and I'm pretty sure that came up in an episode of Rockford Files because I was like, this seems very familiar and then as soon as i saw that the same guy was involved I'm like i think he, he reused this plot probably but in a better sense because any episode of rockford files is a million times better and more enjoyable of a watch to, than this movie for sure that's not brutal. a I mean, rockford files is great <laughs> brutal but, but brutal but brutal yeah um hey there's still time left in this i can still convince you i hope so <laughs> i mean i i'm talking about it and you know you're kind of forced to 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 really think about your experience with the movie i mean i'm more is coming up that I can appreciate. Yeah. I mean, it's got I, a lot of cool cool parts to it. I mean, I, mean, uh, I think... I, it, that's not necessarily what I would say. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's just got interesting things that really people could take and put into a better film, you know? And, mm-hmm. But I have my notes. I wrote two nice things, Dan. So, that's good. So we'll, we'll get to them. Two two things where I'm like, all right, I'm actually inspired to take out my notes and say, you know what? You, you fellas and, and dames did something there. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> So Jane says, you know what? You're Jane in on this. Says. Oh, boy. <laughs> well done. Yeah, yeah, this movie is as good as Jane's Addiction. Dude, I'm going to say this right now. 
a fun fact about me, uh, guilty pleasure, I love Jane's Addiction. You know what? I feel like you can argue Jane's Addiction more successfully in this movie, Sire. I immediately regretted making that comparison. Yes. Um, but I mean, no, my nothing, heart, nothing shocking. That's a great album. As someone who that. does not enjoy Jane's Addiction, I will say that. But, you know, it's the same thing with Interpol. Like, I can see how people like this stuff. So I can't, I'm mm-hmm. not going to, uh, you know, write an essay about it. You're here to tell me why I should be enjoying this. I am actually looking for answers on that. Well, you said you relented a little bit that you're finding a couple, you know, you're liking maybe a, a, an ounce more now talking about it so i think that's that's a little ounce bit is win. a pretty pretty big bag dan <laughs> what's smaller I like, than i like it a, about a dime's worth a, a, a dime morsel bag, a dime bag's worth okay so we're we're all in on murder now they they dump the body in the lake danny is wearing the coat and hat they're seen in the car driving off but they're not finding the ticket Mm-mm. it's not in that hole after all instead there's a note right or there's like a little something in it's there. a blank piece of paper Oh, was it just blank? Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of confusing. They don't really talk about it, like what it was. They just show you this piece of paper. So it's yeah. just like, you don't know what the real, if it's just really a deception or what. We got no time to slow down with this runtime to, to stop and explain anything or, or make this more coherent. Um, exactly. I really do think that this is the failure of the director though. I, I would love to see the shooting script on this one. But I don't know. I, I, at the same time though, like you don't have those, that, the snappy pattern that, that I like. Mm. I mean, I was reading that the writer was influenced by uh, Chandler, mm-hmm. but I'm not really seeing it. Probably maybe in the book more so. I mean, I, I think trans sometimes translating to film, I think maybe, it, I mean, I, I from what I sense, it, it is fairly close to the book, but there are some changes a little bit. Because so. if you took this story, like just wrote it down, like, hey, couple accidentally ends up getting some ransom money and... That's built up, you know, you would need a, a beginning that builds it up a little more. Maybe you see him getting ready for the party or something, you know, like I, I just mm-hmm. needed more than that. But then, you know, it also like turns on her husband over the money, you know, like on paper plot wise, like it's all here, like the elements are there. So, you know, I would be curious to, to see the, the serial from the Saturday Evening Post, the Lucky Charms that they made. Yes. You know, for Chocolate Fedora Inc., we'll, we'll, we'll take a stab at this one. <laughs> maybe we'll do the remake. Yeah. Maybe, you know, who knows the screenplay? I wonder if that's in, in public domain. If yeah. a film is in public domain, is that enough where we can take it and remake it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah, it's I, But the elements are here. Like, there's enough. I guess what I'm saying, that when I'm talking about this and there's more things I like, I love ransom money. Like, yeah. it's, I, I love what ransom money does to people. Like, what mo- like found money does to people. I, I think that's such a great trope. One more I would like to get into at, at one point is, um, I'm pretty sure this is the one. Uh, Kurosawa's High and Low. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that's the one where like the the kids get ransomed or whatever they they kidnap a kid is that that one or is that a different one? I mean I know High and Low is really good but it's been so long since I've watched it that I don't remember the plot. I'm gonna be honest. Um, if, if you wouldn't mind checking that for me, I'm gonna look because you know if you're gonna step up to the plate with Kurosawa, it is. You, it you want to be right. It, it is one. Yeah, where they get kidnapped and, yeah. and so forth. Yes, that and is, I, yep, I'd love right. to get to that one and not just because I won't have to do sound clips for it, but it's been done so interestingly. So like, I, you know, I love those kinds of plots and who's Harry Crumb, you know, you can't forget about who's yeah. Harry Crumb. Sure. I mean, you know, like even like a simple plan, uh, shout out to, to Bill Paxton, like, you know, like just found yeah. money. It's, you know, it, there are a ton of more noirs that do this too. Like we'll get to, it's a great trope. I think we can, we'll, we can do better with it. I think we can find mm-hmm. a better, a better one for that trope, but Dan, we're still barely into this movie and Dan has plenty of time to win me over and maybe he can um, expand upon the two things that will come up that I said I like. Maybe that will bloom into a flower of uh, enjoyment and I'll come around. Or at least a bloom and onion from Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, what, what was the Outback tagline? I couldn't even pull it. What, they're, they're out? Uh... Yeah, like, uh, 
Aye, when you're here, you're steak. <laughs> I mean, it should be it should be that. Yeah. Whatever it was is not is not nearly as good as that. That's really see like where I could do a Reagan like whale. I could do like an Australian like yeah. That's it. <laughs> I got if I could just do impressions that are one one word. One word I, yeah. I think I could be very successful. That could be your thing. Yes. So they head back to Alan's place, and Kathy's there. Um, Alan's sister. They mm-hmm. live, she lives across the hall. So you know, you can tell they're very close. Mm-hmm. And she sees him. He's like, "Hey, where's Alan going?" And Jane says, "Kathy, oh, he's off to go get some more booze for you. Need some more mm-hmm. liquor." But then she finds out. She sees like, no, this place is full of booze. That's suspicious. And, yeah. And Jane Jane realizes that. So she tries to come up with a story that he's leaving her. Yeah, they've been know, having marital yeah. problems, even though it's just like, you know, literally everything seemed fine. I'm close with my brother. He would tell me any of yeah. these things. Jane, you have a whole shelf of whiskey out there. You told me Alan had gone to get a bottle. That's right. That proves it. He never intended to go to the drugstore at all. There, there's something I haven't told you, Kathy. I've known it for a long time. Alan doesn't love me anymore. He's beginning to get tired of me. That's ridiculous, and you know it. It's true, Kathy. We've been quarreling a lot lately about little unimportant things. I I bought some clothes the other day, and it made him terribly angry. Please, Jane. Alan will be home soon. I think I'll go to bed now. So Kathy, right off the bat, is like, yo, I don't like the plot of this movie whatsoever. I'm on to you, Jane, and I'm here to call bullshit on you and this whole fucking operation. She was always kind of wary of of her. Did you get the sense that she was wary of her even before this? Probably never liked her the whole time. Yeah, she definitely had her... uh... Listen to your sister. That's the moral of the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Jane reunites with Danny, and Danny's kind of also getting hip to the fact that, like, Jane's a terrible liar. Everyone kind of suspicious of her. I don't think she really gets one over on anybody. I mean, even including her husband in the beginning. I mean, she, she. I think she gets over on Dan a little bit because she tries to play up like the love aspect. I mean, there, you know, there's scenes where she tries to like seduce him, basically like trying to like you know make out with him and stuff like that. I think she really tries to play up to him to try to get her to do him to do whatever she wants, basically. And he's suspicious, but he's still going along for the ride. I mean, she's an attractive girl. You know, she's got a lot of money. Wants to make out with him. I, I feel like I feel like if you're in his shoes, you're like, okay, like I'll go along with this. Totally. And also, he pulled this caper to begin with. I'm sure he wants to get some of that return yeah, back. Sure. Um, because this thing went south <laughs> immediately for him. Yeah. Um, and this is where the they discover the blank piece of paper in in the lining, and so they're thinking the ticket must be at home. He must have hit it there. But mm-hmm. already, this we're showing that you know Alan knew that he shouldn't trust his wife whatsoever. Not enough to not get on the boat, yeah. but enough where he knew that his wife, he had a history that he was kind of always suspicious with, with, with her husband. And then also just how she had been acting since the money had been found. Mm-hmm. So Kathy, however, we, we, we cut back to her. She's, she's on to, she's, she's sniffing out that something's wrong. So she, she looks around their place and finds the, the claim ticket in a drawer under you know in some sort of and it's where the gun was that's where alan's gun was that she used to to kill him oh, okay. but it, was, it wasn't there at the time right and eventually jane puts it back right um, and so and yeah. then kathy sees that the gun is back and so she this also helps her realize kind of that something something's afoot yeah jane's got an addiction jane's got a gun so she's got an addiction to guns and money <laughs> i was trying to get my aerosmith reference in you know that's good. We, you know, we got to do one Aerosmith per, uh, reference per episode. Uh, yep. You know, one, so one, hopefully one a little, 
Yep. When Aerosmith. So listeners, go ahead and email us and tell us if you found all of these hidden references <laughs> that we've sprinkled throughout. And at this point, too, Don Blake shows up. Uh, and for the comic fans out there, it was hard not to think of uh, Thor. Uh, his original secret identity was Donald Blake. Don Blake. Oh. I wonder if this was taken from this movie uh, yeah. because you know that was this was this predates it. Good then, or from the book? Could have been from the book too. Right, oh, yeah. the book. Sure. Or from uh, Norse mythology, right? Or that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a deal, <laughs> Donald Blake, the whole time. Those Viking gods, right? Yeah. There is, you know. Do you know a lot about uh, Norse history, Viking history? Does that ever get your way? Well, I am actually part Swedish. Um, yeah. So, uh, what's the other part, Dan? You might have a guess. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe by my last name, you might, you might have a good guess. I would never make such an assumption. I'm also Italian. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, I, mean, I have a little bit of interest. Not, 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 you know, a whole lot. But does your last name mean anything? Like, does it have a meaning? So the Saracens were people. They were they were characterized as uh, as Muslims actually um, okay. back in the day. That's that they refer to in, in early on in history. So that's a little fun fact. Okay, my uh, last name means auctioneer. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. I got what I got two. I got three. I got four. I got one. Going to throw to the man with the hat. I say I, I I watch like shows like that like uh, what's it called uh, Storage Wars if you ever watched that where like they have like the auctioneers like they're auctioning off like the storage units and like they talk so fast that like it's like and you, like you have to go to school for that so like imagine like yeah. you're sitting in a classroom and like what the homework is that you have to like talk fast about things and stuff like oh, I would that I love to do it yeah like the micro machines guy yeah <laughs> maybe that's what your calling is maybe that's like an untapped calling that you need to get I think into so. that or um do you ever see the videos with the auctioneers and they put rap beats over them. No, that sounds cool though. I would watch that. It's cool, um, but it's kind of like this movie where like the concept is better than the execution. Um, so if someone could do it a little better, I wasn't trying to tie this in, but it just kind of happened like <laughs> it, that. It flowed. I, I see. I see. Old Don Blake shows up. He's a army uh, air corps buddy at Allen's on vacay in California. What's suspicious about that? Well, I like when he kind of the first when he first appears, he kind of bumps into Kathy as she's like storming out of Jane's apartment. And, and there's a good line, and I'm trying to remember what it was. He says something like that. Oh, mother told me there'd be times like this. A lot of mother uh, lines in this. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of mom lines in this. I think that's later on in the movie. But yeah, he says something when they first meet. I think it's later on when they, I think it's when uh, Kathy like kind of rushes him into the room and and like he almost thinks like they're, they're trying she's trying to get him alone but anyway i i just like I, I don't know i like the sequence when they first meet and then she's a little bit i think incredulous of who this guy is and like granted it makes sense that this guy's coming in saying like oh you know i'm you know in front of allen's and he just randomly shows up yeah out of nowhere when jane is is searching for the ticket the police come to let her know that the vehicle was found mm-hmm. near mexico right yeah it was like i think they said 12 miles out from the border or something like that yeah. Well, it was like, well, I guess we skipped ahead a little bit. So she she left it. She abandoned the car at the beach. Um, right. So so she left it there with the keys and the ignition. So these two guys, like these random like drifters, like ended up taking it to. to yes, and one of them was Jimmy Dodd, the leader of the original Disney Mouseketeers. Oh, I thought you said the original leader of the pack. That's <laughs> for some reason I thought that. Rum, rum. Maybe he was. No, nothing is good as the Shangri Las in this movie. Yeah. Shout out to the Shangri Las. I give a shout out to Shangri-Las. Love the Shangri-Las. Yeah. Okay. So now that we've sk- finished skipping ahead to that, uh... <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, because this plot does get a little bit, a little bit hairy. So I, I know. Well, this is what you're here to to sell us, Dan. Because we're in the weeds, I, man. I'm, I can't I'm do trying. it. So far, I'm saying, listeners, you could skip this episode. It's okay. Well, as long as he beats out Lady in Shanghai, I think I'll be, I'll be happy. Number wise. 
Yeah, as long as as long as it's not below that, then I'll be at least okay. It's crazy. I like every episode beats it. Like newer episodes, like it doesn't take long to to get it. But we like no one wants to listen to Lady from Shanghai. We Maybe people knew that movie and were like that. We don't really like that movie. I mean, it seems like it has that kind of vibe within the community of people maybe forcing themselves to compliment it. I don't think we did. I think we were accurate. I think all of our reviews have been accurate so far. Yeah. Even here where it's a real tugger pull, people like Dan, they could uh, like this movie. And people like me, if you're out there, they might not like this one. I'd be curious to see where where everyone lands. Maybe Mm -hmm. we'll have a poll. Yeah, we could do one of those Twitter poll things. Yeah. It just, it just says... We're popular it just, on Twitter. Too, too, too late for tears? Yes? Question mark? Yeah. No? Question mark. <laughs> sure, we could work out some sort of do you like me, yes or no, yes. cootie catcher type yeah. thing. They find the vehicle and they're making a good case of Alan kind of ran off. She's been trying to sell that. They've been having marital problems and mm-hmm. she says something about like him finding another woman or something like yeah. that but and she's also she's very incredulous of don blake as well because she starts yeah, kind don, of quizzing don him. shows up yeah exactly um, just quizzing him about like oh where were you stationed like what was that again and he, he kind of like plays it off like oh yeah you know the one like exactly the- and he also says to jane like hey there's a shadowy man outside i saw who may be a cop but it actually turns out to be our old pal danny yep he's lurking jane's getting a little more unhinged you know everything's kind of closing in on her uh she's got this new don blank popping up so she says we gotta kill again (laughs) yeah it's time to kill again yes let's take out kathy the sister yeah can you go make a poison run yeah and and this is where dan i think you really see like i think what i liked about him at least was that like you see the shift where it's just like morally he's he's starting even though he's kind of like this real seedy scummy dude like it seems like he had like a breaking point. Like it seemed like he was yeah. kind of getting, he was getting pushed with the first murder and you kind of see it a little bit, but now right. with this one, it's just like, he's like, all right, man. Like and, yeah, and, one, it, one is one thing, but you know, at this point, how yeah, many omelets we're going to make here? We broke enough eggs. Yeah. You're bumping off everybody now. I liked, here's, here's one of two things I have to say. Mm-hmm. Nice wise. I liked the shot when they were, the, the poison was pouring and then it went to the milk pouring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is good. That was a good shot. And it was the other one when Dan plays that he's drunk <laughs> when he walks back into the apartment when he has the poison. It could have been. That there's, a, there's a specific line, though, from okay. uh, we'll get there. So, yeah, Danny delivers the poison, and he's talking about how, like, even the clerk was like, hey, you don't see guys like you trying to get poison to kill people. <laughs> yeah, imagine what they would say if it was you saying Elizabeth Scott, what they could have said if she was getting it. Then we got a little more Don and Kathy interaction. Trying to see a little, a little bit of a spark. Some maybe. sparks are flying, but you know she's also still a little suspicious too. It happens but more she, so when they go sleuthing. They go. He says, "Let's go sleuthing to figure out, like, to try to put together the crime scene." Yes. Uh, of, um, of, of what and what she lets, happened. She lets Don in on the the claim tickets existence, and he and he says, "Let's we should go get the money immediately." Mm-hmm. And is, is it that by this point that he's revealed himself, or is he hasn't? So he, so he kind of tells her to trust him. And he says he does. He's like you know, I, basically, it's like my intentions are good, but like you just got to kind of trust me on this. Yeah, I think right, and then right after is the point where Jane concocts this thing where she ends up talking to one of Alan's old war buddies that she knows of and gets him over to try to confirm or deny whether Don Blake is who he says he is. Yeah, I'll say I like that. That was cool. Yeah. That, that that scene That's is pretty nice. cool. I I, yeah. I, do, I, I do like that scene because the and the guys and the guys like yeah I don't know this guy like who the hell is this guy? I will say like uh, Elizabeth Scott succeeds more in her performance as Jane Palmer like as the film gets more towards the end like once you go full tilt of like she's 
100% awful. Unhinged, yeah. Yeah, it's a little more enjoyable, but it would have been nice if some of that had spilled out earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> she and her say, so yeah, so she's figured out that something's up with him, and this is the point where he reveals himself, right? Yes. Okay, so Dom um, Blake, oh. Well, I think we're getting a little bit ahead again, because he, he doesn't really... Slow us down, Dan. Yeah, he doesn't really, we don't really know who he is until the very end. Um, okay. Yeah, we don't, we don't really know. So at this point, we're still thinking that he's just Don Blake, and, and you know they. Well, kind of, there's something's up with him, though. I mean, you yeah, something's up with him, but he he kind of scurries off. You know, he's off. not a cop, right? So he scurries off with Kathy after they try to. She tries to basically unmask him and try to say like, "Hey, you're not who you say you are." Or Jane does. I think. I think at that point, Kathy goes to call the police. Yes. Um, and then yeah, so Jane pulls the gun. And at first, it kind of seemed like she shot him, and it, the, and the he's version on the ground, was, yeah. Well, he's on the ground, and plus, you know, the, the Amazon Prime version, there's so many like missing frames, and I'm just like, oh, maybe the gunshot was one of those. Like, it just didn't. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But it turned out she just gave me the old uh, cold cock. Yeah, the butt of the gun. Butt of the gun. But that's that's the, that's the name of my film noir, by the way. It's called the butt of the gun. The, the butt of the gun. It's not not that bad. The business end of the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, so now Jane has the ticket and she's off to, to go get the money. Mm-hmm. I like Kat- this scene a lot too. The scene, the scene where she goes to the, to the union station and she starts like making eyes of that guy to like, well, she, reali- she realizes that the cops are on her cause Kathy has spilled the beans and um, yeah. they, and they know to pick up a, a, any female who goes to, to try to pick up the bag. Yes. So she, yes, she woos some rando guy at the counter for five bucks and says you know hey maybe you'll uh spend it on me when you're done too wink wink yeah and he's, he's like, like oh man i'll do that fuck yeah i'll go ahead and uh grab this for you right now plus you get yeah. five bucks for it too why not you by yourself not anymore if i can help it how'd you like to go- how'd you like to do a lady a big favor and earn five dollars what kind of a favor my my ex-boyfriend's over there waiting for me to claim my bag if you get it for me i can avoid him if you like go Bet you spend the five dollars on me. Well, what are we waiting for? So she goes over there. He goes over there and gets the bag, but it has a note attached to it. What, like, what was the deal with that? Why was they? Why wouldn't you take that off? So he he. Only, I don't think he had that much of a vested interest in her anyway. So I think when he saw that, it was like you know said like, "Oh, contact the police." It really scared him off for whatever yeah. reason, and he, and once he saw that, he was just like, "Here's your bag. Give me my money. Let's go." Like I'm I'm gone. Like yeah, but I then think, now I think she gets this. He didn't want to get mixed up. I think he didn't want to get mixed up. Yeah. I totally understand that. But why did the train, see the baggage people, why did they leave that note on to give to him? Because. It even seemed like they attached it on there even to give to him. So the cops called ahead to the people at the baggage claim. Right. uh, No, I I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. But why did they let this random guy picking up the package in on that with the note? Like, would he be like, oh, okay, like, it didn't work out. Like, they're just like, hey, by the way, like, cops told us if a woman's picking this up, don't let them. So here's the note we have. I just thought that was a strange touch. I guess maybe because that guy was probably, since he knew about it, the guy at the badge claim knew about that worked there. So maybe he gave it to him knowing that it was was a guy picking up, not a girl, that he's, like, alerting this guy, like, Maybe I don't know if he's trying to help him out or not. Either way, I don't, he has another relationship between this guy and, and the girl. But maybe he was trying to like, tip him off, saying, "Hey, like I'm gonna leave this on here because because he hesitates too. Like they have a conversation, they right. talk a little bit. So I wonder if they he'd said something about it. And there's a lot of like fidgeting with it. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if he it, like he, he was the guy was trying to help him out. I don't I don't know. Another unclear scene. 
it happens. But maybe that maybe that guy had a had something else going on. He had a prior or something like that and didn't want to get embroiled in another uh, caper. So he he takes his five dollars and and runs off. Which was the smartest thing to do because she yes. she's happy to kill. Get away from him. So she realizes something's up with it and she goes back to to Danny and this is where they find out that it was you know part of an insurance scam. Yep. Because she's trying to figure out if she can spend the money. You know, right. if it's marked or not. It's marked, yeah. But once she finds out that it's not... Then she's good to go. And she says, hey, why don't we have ourselves a little poison drink to celebrate? Well, she first lies to him and says, oh, I need you because it looks suspicious if it's just me going by myself somewhere. You know, it would help to have you come along. Yeah, she sells him on the fact that, hey, I'm yeah. not about to kill you. Don't worry. We're yeah. going to have a good time with this money. But nope, she poisons the drink. Yeah, I think this is where the line was, but it's where... where you go. Here's to crime. It pays. And pay. <laughs> yep. That, that was great. It is good. That is a good line. Our second here's the crime uh, toast. I, I love it. I love how <laughs> outward these people are. Like, here's yeah, the crime. Here's the crime. Not even like, oh, here's to a plan uh, well achieved. Nope, just straight up. Here's the crime. It's Maybe great. that needs to be our new tagline for the podcast. It could be. Here's yeah. the crime. Here's the crime. I love it, Dan. That's absolutely about to happen if I remember by the end of this episode. Um, <laughs> So we lose Danny. Lose him. Yeah, he, Dan, he, he, he's, uh, he's poisoned it. and he almost instantly wobbles a little bit and then falls over. I wonder if, you know, it's like he, the actor got to use his same name, but it's like, no, you're not Dan, you're Danny. You know, you get to become a different person, right? Yeah. More, more of a scumbag. Yeah, I mean. That's, is that how you feel about Danny's? Eh, I don't know if Danny's necessarily a scumbag. It's just not something I, I usually go by. Very nice. few people call me Danny. Shout out to my scumbag friend, Danny Pound. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> He is He's probably like my my number one Danny in my life. Uh, yeah, wonderful, wonderful human being. We love you, Danny. No, I'm I'm glad that he's unless there's something the, I don't know about you, but yes, <laughs> he seems like a good member of the Dan community. I, yeah, I, he's, I, he's worthy. Yeah, wonderful. Happy to have you aboard. Shout out to the Dan community. Yes, sponsors of the show. Use promo yep. code Dan twenty for twenty percent off your first Dan purchase. <laughs> so they find Danny's body. But the police really aren't too interested with making a case out of this. Don Blake's like, you know, hey, let's let's drag the lake. I know you're going to find uh, Alan's body in there. And yeah. They're like, you know, ah, we did that one time and we didn't find no body. It turned out the guy ran or the wife ran off with somebody and he was out. $4,000. Yeah. $4,000, which yeah, not too bad to drag a lake. Yeah. It's a lot of work. They got a, a lot of paperwork, a lot of red tape to get through with all the, he like rattled off all the people you have to talk to to. Yes. Drag the lake. I liked that detail. And there's a, I like something else about that. That'll come up later. Um, I also like that. They let him tag along. Like, like they still don't know who this guy is at this point. And he's just like, yeah, let me come along with you guys. Cause he follows yeah. the cops along. Which I, I guess mean, maybe, cause my thought was he was a, a PI, a private detective. They're really trying to sell that. They try to sell that throughout the film because there's also the scene earlier where he follows Dan out of the apartment building and yes. he like walks out, he's got the little pad, he walks out the door and he starts writing it down. You get the sense that he is maybe some type of lawman or something like that. They really try to sell that throughout the film. I, I, know I like that too. See, I, I'm finding more, more that I like, um, yes. but boy, math is hard, isn't it folks? She heads to Mexico City, the Reforma Hotel. Mm-hmm. And everything's going great. She's spending money. Um, jewelry, nice dress. Yep. And she's with another man who's trying to get her to go to a party she doesn't want to go to. Some yep. things never change, right? Yep. So she's, she's back at the hotel and who should turn up but Don Blake. Although, hey, guess what? Now we find out. This isn't Don Blake. This is Don Blanchard. Blanchard. Let me, 
Oh, no. Before we get there, because, yeah, I definitely want to get there. But I want to I wanna catch you. This one little thing I do like about her is, and you get a sense of, like, her personality. Yes. Is, is, is there's a small moment where, which I didn't, I, I don't remember if I've noticed it before, when she hears the knock on the door uh, at the apartment, and she does this, like, really cool, like, little twirl. Like, this very, like, elegant, like, little thing. And, on and, top and, of the world. And, and, and I, I love it. I love the little touch there, because you get the sense that she's so enraptured by this, this like, lavish lifestyle now. And then just as she does that, she opens the door and then, you know, it all comes crashing down basically at that point. Cause she's like, Oh man, my past is following me. I, I love that juxtaposition. That's, that's something that I really, it's a small thing, but I think it goes a long way. And this is about like hour 35. Yeah. The so somewhere in there. Yeah. Minute, minute, 100, 135 or so. You get that wonderful moment. Hey, it's big payoff, man. You gotta wait. You gotta wait for it. <laughs> I was waiting. I'm still waiting for it. Don's at the door. And so she's like, he's either, you know, police or a private detective, or he's has something to do with the money with the insurance yeah. scam. Yes. But it's actually neither. He's Don Blanchard. That's the name we told you to remember. Um, the name of her ex-husband. He was the ex-husband's brother. Yes. And he was and, in the war. And when he came back to find out that he had died, he kind of always had this, like, I guess this little, like, not, he says it as a vendetta, but I think it was kind of growing that he had suspicions about her, about what he, he was suspicious about his death. Yeah. So death. like, you know, either he murdered, she murdered him, you know, or at the very least drove him to commit suicide. Yes. So she was culpable in some way. And, uh, you know, as we've I, seen throughout the movie, you can believe it. I will say this, the, a little, little nugget about the book to film comparison in the book, actually the his character of Don Blanchard was actually supposed to be that his, it was his father who was killed. So he was the son and not oh, the brother. So that's a little, that's a little change, a slight change that they made. I like the change though. I would say yeah, I, I, think like, it I like better. the brother change. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Interesting, you know, because he adapted his own novel. Right. That, you know, interesting to see like when an author makes these changes. And seemingly like from what I read too, he wasn't very thrilled with the final outcome anyway. He didn't really like it, like the movie. So I'm loving to hear these behind the scenes that are, are kind of vilifying me or vindicating me rather, yes. and, you know, just sort of saying, Hey, you know, you just kind of could tell, like, sounds off about this one, mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> so Jane, she goes full tilt. The police are bust in, and so she has her gun out, and she, she's holding them back as she backs away, and uh, she falls over the balcony. I mean, that was, that was kind of, like, fun to see, like, that as the ending. It just, she basically just goes splat, and then kind of the money kind of in hand. But I will mention that... I guess- oh, yes, we just get past something. Which, which was was going to play into something about the lake that I was saying I like. When Don finds the money, he grabs just a couple of bucks. And he's like, yeah, this is 4000 This is what this is all I need. And it's just the cost to drag the lake, the $4,000. I did like that touch. Yes, exactly. Because originally he, he was basically trying to extort half the money. Right. At first, yeah, and she like, kind of, she eventually that, kind that'll of be enough. gives in because she feels like she's stuck. And then, yeah. He, yeah, he pulls that out. And yeah, I guess he's really trying to be like this moral person um, and saying, or this like where he feels like it's like a just cause more than anything he's not out to just take the money and run but yeah i mean the ending's pretty ridiculous between her falling and then he walks down and kathy's there and they they kind of walk off into the sunset yeah they get they basically. get married and, or they already have been married right i think they i think they said that because they say they're, a honey, they're gonna honeymoon, cut, cut honeymoon short the honeymoon yeah. yeah and uh that's it so now that we've made it through so this ride now you realize where the title comes from because you start crying of like why did i why did I just watch this movie? And you're like, Why oh, is no, it so long? Too late for tears. You already wasted your fucking time. I think it's because at the very, very, very end, she gets a tiny bit teary-eyed. Elizabeth Scott does. And yeah. you see it right before she falls over the, 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 uh, the balcony. I, I, that's the only thing I can think of that's anywhere relative to tears. But you wonder how sincere I it like, is too. I like my version better, Dan. 
I mean, <laughs> I'm going with what I see on the screen, but fair um, enough. But yeah, yeah. As far as tears go, that's that's because that, I mean, really, that's it's too late for tears at that point because she's so deep in and she's done for. So that's that's where I get the the too late for tears. But I I think was, it is a good title. I like I like the title. I think I think great title. Things, title is way better than than the movie itself. But yeah, very happy to see that the end pop up. I think what I like about it is it, again, it, I think it has a lot of the like the the tropes Clo- I like about film noir. I think closing it, like, statements. Yes, go on. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it has like I mean. I get it. Like I, I can understand where it gets a little bit convoluted at times in a, in a way where it seems too fantastical, like in a sense that it's just like, not maybe like in a big sleep away where it's just very incoherent in general, but like more so of like, it's just a lot of weird things happening. You're just kind of like, you, you're led to just accept the fact that these things are happening. Yeah. Which I can, I can do sometimes and I can't, but I just, yeah. I need something that I can kind of latch on to, to right. do that. And I'm less forgiving with that kind of thing with these older movies than I would be with like a, you know, like an eighties or nineties shitty movie yeah. where you can have a little bit of a, a good time. The elements are here. I think definitely like you could kind of watch this and, and cause as, as we're kind of like talking about it, there's a lot of cool stuff in it. So you could really be inspired by it and sort of take these these tropes and, and elements and, and right. put them into something else. And I think you could really, really do something cool. But I think, yeah, ultimately it sounds like it was all here, but it's just the execution just didn't quite play out. And also there's a sequence that I, I think we, we skipped over where uh, she tries to get rid of, of Dan at one point uh, where she says, Oh, I hid, I hid the money out in the um, out in the woods in the middle of nowhere. And she drives him out and basically she's just, cause the money's really not there. We know the money's not right. there. She's just doing this just to get rid of him and try to kill him. And he kind of gets a little wise to it and, to, and then, and then walks out on her. So yeah, I think it's, there, there are scenes like that. And there's scenes like at the lake with the killing and stuff like that, that like there are some very film noir tropes and, and things that are in there, whether they're tied together well or not, I, I think is up to debate. And I think that's where you and I are kind of sitting on opposite ends of the fence about, but I think ultimately, I think if you could take me maybe something positive out from it is, is that it's that there are some interesting plot ideas in this movie that I think are very film noir esque and I think are really interesting. Um, yeah. So I, I think for for that, and I think for me, I'm a little bit biased because I just I love Elizabeth Scott. So I think personally, like I I, I just like her a lot. So I I think for that reason too, I, I like it. Fair enough. Um, and, and Dan, Dan Duray is good. I think Dan Duray, like in other movies, too, is cool. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, it wasn't necessarily like the performances were so awful that it'd be like, oh, anything that I'm going to see with these guys again is going to be a real slog. It, it was just really the execution of, of mm-hmm. this. It just, it didn't come together. There wasn't something like, there's something I could really kind of latch on to, like Elizabeth Scott and like just being able to go along for the ride, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I get that. The film was independently produced, though, and it was mm-hmm. released through United Artists. United Artists do some some good times with the film noir. They come up every now and then. And, and through um, Republic, too. It was Republic as well. It was it was a deal through, it was like Republic Pictures and United Artists. Because I don't think they show it on the print, but they do talk about it on the blue, on the box, the, 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 the back of the Blu-ray that it was produced by Republic sure. Pictures. Very nice. Part of, uh, part of uh, Poverty Row. <laughs> Yo, know, that graphic design on that Blu-ray, though, looks like a UCLA, like, just such college. There's no heart or love in it. It's just... Well, I will say, I, I agree with that. I mean, they, they use this as their template for, like, all... Because I have a few of these, and they all sure. look very similar. But the booklet is really cool. The booklet, I, yeah, seriously, how bad, but yeah, great. The booklet um, has a great, a great little... It has a bunch of, like, behind-the-scenes photos and a bunch of different lobby cards and posters and stuff like that that are nice. scanned. And it's, that's really cool. And, and the information in here as well 
makes it, I think this worth it along with the print itself. I think it's definitely worthwhile. If you're going to check this movie out, I would at least recommend picking this up. I would say check out that, check out that Amazon, um, you know, stream it for free. And then if you like it, I would say, take it from there. You know, you can upgrade it and uh, Mm -hmm. you'll be rewarded. Yeah. I can't say, I can't recommend a blind buy on this one. It's too risky, but I, yeah, definitely. It sounds like you'll be rewarded if, if it, if it does do something for you. I'm trying to remember if I saw this on Noir Alley first or if I just saw it outright by myself. I was, I was going back for it because I've definitely seen it on Noir Alley. But I, I mean, yeah, like- they're definitely a champion of it. I mean, as you were saying, uh, the yeah. Film Noir Foundation funded yes. the restoration of this. So. Yes. But uh, I think maybe I saw it before it was on Noir Alley. But I, like I said, I've, I've seen this. This is one I've seen a lot. And yeah. Had you seen it before the restoration, like in the public domain version? No. No, okay. for the first time I saw it was with the restoration, the Blu-ray version, as far as I know, or at least the restoration version. So I've fortunate enough that I've watched it in, I guess, the best, the best possible way that you could see it. Because it's on, it's like, as far as I know, it's, it's the restoration sense where it's, it's as complete, I think, as it could be, as far yeah. as I know. It's not sure. an edited down version or anything like that. So um, I feel good about that. All right, James Brown. Uh, well, both of the uh, film's female leads, uh, Elizabeth Scott and Christine Miller, who played Kathy, they both had long lives, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Scott made it to 92, and uh, Christine Miller made it to 89, and they both actually died in 2015. Yes. And they were in a bunch of movies together after that as well. I mean, they were oh, yeah. in a few movies together, yeah. Um, I think they were in Walk Alone, another film noir. I have that on my list. Nice. Um, and yeah, they, like- they actually had a very great chemistry, so I, I would love to see this pairing again. Yeah, they were also, she was, they were both, both, both in uh, Desert Fury, which is the one of the ones I've been really wanting us to see, because that's a, a color, in color. It's a 1947 film noir in color, and Elizabeth nice. Scott's the lead, and, and she plays a um, supporting role in it. What's her name? Catherine, uh, I can't think of her name now. Christine Miller plays, plays a supporting role. So that, that might be one that maybe we can see. And it's the same, produ- it was the producer that lent them out, uh, Hal, Hal Wallace. Uh, oh, nice. Was, was the one that lent all, the, all those, the director and all the actors out to make this film was also part of making uh, Desert Fury. So hopefully we can get to that one at some point. Sounds like a generous guy, huh? Yeah, I'm sure he, I'm sure he got a little bit of money back. Shout that. out to producers. Yeah, making that money. Keep producing. All right, well, I think uh, that's about it. Uh, you know, choose your own adventure, guys. It's up to you. You're going to know right off the bat, I think, though, pretty pretty quickly into this one how you feel about it, I think. Mm-hmm. But there are elements, and mileage may vary on those elements, but they are there, so tread wisely. Next week, we're going to be doing Roadhouse, but Roadhouse? Yes. 1948's Roadhouse, Yes. Maybe I'm not trying to rush you. Silly boy. I'm feeling so bad. We should make the music dreamy and sad. Could tell you a lot, but you gotta be true to your code. Make it one for my baby and one more. And this uh, is one that I've been wanting to see for a while, and I've never seen. So never I, seen I, it. Um, yeah. They just—I don't know how recent the Blu-ray is, but there is a, a years, Blu-ray yeah. of it. Okay, yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, very, very recent. And was it Richard Widmark? Is that—that that his name? Yes, yes. yes. he's in it, and I, he's I don't coming back. He's in it too. All right, so we got a lot of old friends coming back. I'm glad we're at this point now where we're getting familiar with some faces. Yep. That'll be a good time. So Yeah, I'm so looking forward join, to that. Join us next week. We're, we're going we're gonna to do the Roadhouse. What was our tagline? I already forgot it, Dan. Oh, what was it? Here's the, uh, here's the oh, crime. Oh, here's the crime, yeah. yeah. Right. 
Oh my God, duh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Noiros, thanks for joining in. Uh, we're on social media. We are on Twitter at Out of the Cast. We are on Instagram and Facebook, Out of the Podcast. And we have email. That's right, guys. Electronic mail. 2021. We're trying it out. I think it's going to take off. The real out of the podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Yeah, let, us know, let us know what you think. Or just, you know, if you have a suggestion for a movie you'd like to hear about, maybe just. We would, we're back. always down for suggestions. You guys are, you're a part of it too. Don't worry. In the I words of Travis Shettle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you definitely know what two dorks you got hosting this podcast. And, you know, leave us reviews too. We, we, we were lucky enough to get a, a review and. It was nice. It was a nice review. I was, Very nice I was, review. I was happy about it. Yeah, absolutely. I'll um, take criticism too. If, if, if we get a critical one, that's I don't that's want criticism. Too. Nothing but nice reviews. <laughs> I can't, my heart can't handle it. This is where you insert Martin Lawrence going. You want to criticize something? Criticize these nuts. <laughs> and then he touches his dick. It's a good yeah. time. You, you can't watch. see it. You can't see it, folks. <laughs> but Yo, I fucking love Martin, the TV show. I used to watch it when I was younger. I haven't watched it I did it in too. A while. And I've been rewatching those those reruns recently waiting for jeopardy to come on in the meantime boy what a what a good time what a cartoon of a show it was yeah oh yeah totally that was a fun show i, yeah. I do remember that good times shout out to, to martin lawrence <laughs> yes we know he's a listener seems right up his uh alley yeah, he might. i mean i'm sure bad boys was influenced by uh by film noir at least a little bit <laughs> at least just a little bit you know michael bay is a big uh noir head as well yeah maybe he gets his explosions from uh what's a good explosion noir uh kiss me deadly yeah 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 Yeah. i mean that's that's probably one that might be the the explosion noir yeah i mean it's one of the best ones if not the best yes we'll get there i that one i can't wait that one our cases yeah we'll get deadly yes i feel like that'll be in the 20s yeah Uh, that's one i've been hanging i've been personally hanging on to for a while i'm like i am looking forward to doing that one because that one is absolutely bonkers and we're gonna be doing like another deep cut and then i feel like we gotta throw a we gotta throw a mainstream back in there we gotta up the double indemnity or because you know because this well yes definitely double indemnity coming um but yeah i mean i I, we got another wild card we're hoping roadhouse comes through for us because uh i mean we we also just came from two fucking mitchums We're, we're totally welcome to have some turds coming in yeah i we try to spice it up we try exactly, to spice you're it here up. for our witty patter so you know you could just not watch these movies and listen to us talk about them yeah I know these, some people are like yeah i gotta watch these movies first no no, no, no. just come on in don't these are like cliff notes basically exactly especially for like a couple of them where it's just like you know there's movies where it's like you gotta see this one but yeah not this one <laughs> <laughs> and on that note here's the crime here's we'll the crime see you next week Ding. clink <laughs>